0: Do you like the Horror House podcast? They're okay. Their early work was marred by technical difficulty and lack of skill. By the time Contagion came out, they had really come into their own, drunken and disorderly. The second season was a triumphant return from the COVID lockdown that really gave listeners a big boot. They've been compared to Abbott and Costello, if both Abbott and Costello drank too much and had the sense of humor of a 13-year-old.
1: Hey, Dave, why are there copies of Pro Wrestling Illustrated everywhere? Like, do you want to start a Survivor Series podcast or something?
2: <laughs>
1: why well, no, Chris. So are, are we taping right now? Yes. Yes, we are.
0: Eventually, the Chuddies were created. It summed up everything we stood for. It was all horror movies, booze, and dick jokes that made us laugh, even if no one else did. Hey, Chris! What? Welcome to the Horror House, motherfucker!
1: Hello, and welcome to the Horror House podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Chris, who Dave just violently murdered. Or did I? How dare you? We're here this week talking about American Psycho from, I don't even know what year this movie came out, actually. 2000, the year 2000. In the year 2000, Christian Bale will go on a violent killing spree. Uh, While new, (laughs) (laughs) anybody listening is like, "What are the Conan O'Brien man? Late night Conan O'Brien, get on the get on the level." That's Travel. when
0: Conan was good, man. That's when Late Night was good. That was... That's the, the golden age. Um, Conan and Andy Richter. Oh, man. You couldn't, you couldn't miss it. You couldn't miss it. I, I love... The, my favorite thing about that skit was that they continued to do the In the Year 2000 <laughs> skit. I think to like almost 2010. So it was
1: yeah, great. I, when, I think... If it wasn't when he got The Tonight Show, it was... When he got his TBS show, they, they brought it back and it was like... Good shit. Good callback. Yeah. <laughs> but now the the young uh, whippersnappers they don't know what that means. They don't know what in the year two thousand. Labamba, the guitar player in his band, doing the doing the fucking ugh. Oh, the what's uh, oh the Max nostalgia. the drummer Max. Did you? I think I may have said this before. Do you know his son is the drummer of Slipknot now? What? No, I did not. No shit. Okay, Mac, Max Weinberg's kid. Okay, make it yeah. good. So, I them mean, them good. The, the family has a history of extreme metal drumming. I mean, right. from Bruce Springstring to Slipknot. <laughs> well, the Bruce Spring-Springed? What did you say? Um, Are you drunk already? Maybe. I mean, you did, you did violently murder me uh, just a couple minutes ago, so... Uh, I guess that would take something out of you, so... Okay. I'm glad you're back, Chris. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, if anybody listening wants to get violently drunk and also listen to our podcast, but then is like, oh, I wish I could talk to these guys. Man, I wish, I wish I could give them my feedback or tell them, hey, I love that movie too, or I think that movie's a piece of garbage, just like they do. Where can they do that?
0: Uh, if you are on the Twitter sphere. You can leave us a tweet or a direct message at
1: sweetness1
0: with six Es or at Horror House 2. And you can remember that because there are two of us, Chris.
1: Horrorhouse hmm. Dose was taken, unfortunately.
0: Hmm. <laughs> that, it, that was a fentanyl
1: site. <laughs> you can email us, HorrorHousePodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the Horror House page on Facebook. If you want to leave a voicemail, and we can
0: hear your voice, and we put you on the air, maybe make you a yeah. damn star, uh, you can do that at anchor.fm forward slash horror house.
1: And finally, everybody listening, give, give your old horror house buddies, Dave and Chris, some stars, man. We crave them. We crave the stars. Wherever you're listening, give us a good, good old-fashioned rating. And we'll take them. We'll take them, and uh, we'll reinvest them back into the show mm-hmm. like any good content creators would.
0: Yes. It's like smack for us, but uh, it's the, the, the good kind of smack.
1: It, it may be worse. It may actually be worse. Uh, there are studies Um I've got, I made hit. up in my own brain that show that admiration is the, is the fentanyl of, of content creators' generations. I don't don't know what I'm saying right now. (laughs) Did Chris make up a statistic
2: good enough for daytime radio? Let's put it on the air.
1: I'm there. I'm there for it. Um, I'm ready to talk about this movie, Dave. I am super Uh, duper ready to talk about this movie. not Not to swear or nothing, but I am super duper ready.
2: Super duplity duper. Let's have an ad and then talk about the movie, Chris.
1: We are back in the whorehouse talking about 2002's American Psycho. Uh, a lot, a lot to say. I have a lot to say about this movie. Um, where do we start? Where do we start, really, Dave? Um, I think we
0: start where you and I were talking pre-show and how kind of forgotten this movie can be. Like everyone who's watched it. I I don't know anyone who doesn't like this movie. But when you talk about like the best horror films from the early two thousands, it right. doesn't make a whole lot of lists. But it really is good, and yeah. it's got yeah. it's got. Jackie and I were talking about this. It's got that that something that kind of makes you want to analyze and think and talk about it and discuss like uh, themes, but also like. Plot, what was yeah. real, what
1: wasn't. Um, so, and we can't. Uh, we might as well just get it out of the way now because I mean it kind of fits. But the memeage of this movie, right? This is mm-hmm. up there with Garbage Day, in my humble opinion, as far as gifts and like reaction gifts, things like that. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it it's super up there. I mean, there's so many Patrick Bateman. There's there's a Patrick Bateman gift for whatever. Occasion you need it for, um, and I feel like in a weird way that kind of diminishes the horror of American Psycho uh, because it, it, you know, I mean it's not a this goofy thing like garbage day. I call it garbage day. Which uh, Silent Night Two, <laughs> Silent Night Deadly Night uh, Two. I kind of forgot the name of it for a second, but it's not like this junk movie like it was. N- offense completely meant, I completely meant that offense um so i i think maybe that has something to do with with its like uh overall uh like general population <laughs> viewing of of american psycho mm-hmm. they're like oh there's christian bale acting goofy it's like eh, not really <laughs> but uh, yes but not really i mean you need to Come onto the horror side, and you'll see it maybe a little bit, a little bit different. But you can still laugh. We'll let you laugh at it.
0: We laugh at his, it. Even his mo- his goofiest moments, taken out of context, yeah. when you put them back into context, there is an ominousness to them, or there's a tone to them. Oh, um,
1: the the sociopathic, you know, lack of emotion that he has. Right? Like he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even says like he's just kind of a you know, he's not really there in, in a sense. And like Mm -hmm. the lack of emotion in that, like a lot of these over the top reactions you get are, I think directed at that. Um, and are a a trait of, of psychopaths, sociopaths, um, Mm -hmm. where they don't know how to really, they don't know that emotion. So they can't really produce it to show it to you. So they just, it's this over the top, Acted thing, and Mm -hmm. I I mean, what better to make a gift? They kind of of
0: blend in and in make themselves invisible, which is you know part of what he's talking about in there. Um, Yeah, you know, how many times do you see after somebody is found out or to have committed heinous crimes, and the neighbors are like, "He seemed like such a friendly guy."
1: Right, right, exactly.
0: So, what is your favorite?
1: Just one hit scene or line or meme from this movie. My, I think my favorite scene in this movie would be his explanation of his daily routine.
2: Because mm-hmm. it's okay. so
1: meticulous and so planned out and organized. Like, at first you're like, "Oh, that's just this is just this rich yuppie. It's just his daily thing. It's like whatever. You're rich and take care of your shit." But then you're like, this is so drawn out and weird. And now, now it's hit a weird space. <laughs> and
0: he he's talking about all the products he uses. Yeah. And it was the first time I watched it when he's got the the shit on his face and he peels the mask down. Yeah, was just it was kind of bone chilling. Yep, um,
1: it's cold, man. Because you know, I mean. As as a dude, well, I mean, even, sorry ladies, some ladies have some like peach fuzzy stuff all around their face, <laughs> but you pulling that stuff off, man, you're going to get some hairs of, involved in that, in that act of pulling and to stay stone cold while you're doing that. He had some bushy eyebrows a little bit. I ain't going to lie, Christian Bale. Um, I would have made some faces because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a paid actor. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I mean, to just be stone cold in that moment, pulling that off, that that does. It it is chilling to look at, because it's... What a scene.
0: scene. I think my favorite, like, just one-hit scene also points to the narcissism, Mm -hmm. but it's a little bit funnier, and it's when he's uh, banging the hooker And he's looking in the mirror, and he's posing in the mirror, and thinking, "Oh yeah, you know, flexing." You know, he's he's doing the flexy sexy uh, in the mirror while he's banging the hooker, and it's all about him, you know. And and it's not even the pleasure of sex; it's the conquest of sex at that point. Yeah, Um, yeah. So, I I think that's points heavily to to some of the themes of the movie, which we'll get into. But to me, that that was just. That was beyond funny when he's
1: Yeah. Yeah. Another I mean, it's
0: sexy. It's kind of sexy to see yourself in the mirror, but then to flex just takes it to this absurd level. So
1: Yeah. I mean, I could only imagine the thoughts of the prostitute that was not involved in that particular moment <laughs> and is looking mm-hmm. at Patrick Bateman looking at himself in the mirror, like admiring himself and she's like what the fuck where what am i doing what is, what the fuck is mm-hmm. this <laughs> it's w- that would be super creepy
0: oh absolutely you know that like i said the the level of narcissism yeah in that encapsulated in that quick moment was great but um
1: there was another moment you know, with uh with that prostitute the the one uh the blonde one like the like original one of the, Mm -hmm. that he brought back Uh, when he went to her the second time, she's like, I had to go to the ER the last time and I may have to have surgery and this and that. And he's like, it's fine. Here's some money. Here's some money. It's fine. It's going to be nothing like that again. Um, I actually, I'm jumping ahead of myself. The part that I thought was funny was the first time he met her, my apologies, when he gave her money. And he's like, do you accept credit card? And she's like, no. And he's like, I was just joking. But when she pulls the door back, you can see him like pulling back with the credit card. Yeah. (laughs) Which I I never noticed before until I watched it this time. I was like, motherfucker had a credit card out ready to pay a prostitute.
0: Surely that's some Jerry Springer shit right yeah
1: there. i I just thought that was that was my pickup on this on this viewing of the movie, where I was like, "Huh, I never noticed he had a credit card right. in his hand, just ready to be like, okay, here you go."
0: yeah, but, come on, Patrick Bateman. This isn't one of Tom Brady's massage parlors. <laughs> you know these this is a respectable hooker, it's cash only,
1: yeah, um God uh, but the I gotta say, Dave i may be, I may be alone here, which is probably for the best but there there are moments in this movie that I'm watching, and I'm like i'm kind of weirded out, but i kind of can uh, i can kind of <laughs> identify with patrick bateman ain't gonna lie um are there any moments at all in this movie where you're like i can i can kind of i can kind of identify with this uh, weirdly enough
0: as much as I don't Kind of, I I don't want to, but you know, there the uh, one-upmanship. I it's it's something I struggle with. Like I I have to mm-hmm. keep myself in check and be like, Right. Oh, you know, because I didn't. It, it's not from a purely psychological, like or psychopathic standpoint, but you know, when I hear somebody do something cool, like man, I went rock climbing. Then my first thought is, man, I want to go rock climbing. <laughs> Right. Not like I need to go rock climbing so I look cooler than him. I mean, it's not that, but it it's oh, you went rock climbing? I want to go rock climbing. That sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I I went and uh, hunted a rhino on the savanna of Africa. Oh man, I want to hunt rhinos on the <laughs> savanna of Africa. <laughs> I went and threw rocks at homeless people. Oh man, I want to. Throw-. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a Brit too far, but yeah. Um. Um. For, Maybe a FOMO kind of a FOMO thing,
1: fear of missing out. Yeah. I didn't know what that meant for a minute, and finally had you the, thought it. I that's a weird way to pronounce homo. Yeah, it's like why? What's wrong with? <laughs> uh, but for me, like there were two specific moments that I kind of identified with Patrick Bateman in a in a way. Um, mm-hmm. and one was very early on, I am afraid to admit, is when he was talking to that bartender in the kind of ravey kind of club they go to. And she's like, we don't yes. take tickets anymore. It's, it, we, it's $25 for your drink. And he's like, that's, that's fine. Sweetheart here. uh, Here's your money. Go get your drink. And as she turns around, he's like, you fucking ugly fucking bitch. I'm going to fucking yes. stab you and play in your, listen, not that extreme. I'm sorry, but there, you know, there's moments where the little rage demon in my heart is like. You know, when somebody does something that I'm not a big fan of, I'm like, you fucking piece of junk.
0: I have heard the rage demon come out, uh, for the rabble. (laughs) I have heard Chris's rage demon usually in the middle of the night during some cod marathons. Um, but I've heard it come out and it is entertaining as fuck.
1: At least it's not, uh, at least it's that, um. There's that yeah. where the, the, I got to keep the little rage demon in line. Um, and then the other moment is when he's sitting in the car with, the, with Reese Witherspoon, his girlfriend, <laughs> and he's like, I'm just trying to listen to the new Robert Palmer tape. And she keeps <laughs> yapping in my ear. <sighs> yeah. I, I'm like, brother, <laughs> I've, I, I'm just trying to listen to the new Megadeth album. The, and the wife won't stop talking to me. I've been there. I've been there. I understand. I, I'm like can, these are on my ears. These are on my ears. Dave Mustaine is, is talking to me right now. Why? Are, we, I, we. This is not a three way conversation.
0: Yeah. Uh, come back later. So, I'm uh, out of order right now. Listen,
1: is your old buddy uh, Chris a sociopath or a psychopath? Hopefully not. But to identify. Uh, with Patrick Bateman in certain regards, certainly made me, this time I was like, oh, huh, should I be worried about this? (laughs) I I think that
2: that is what makes
0: such an intriguing and believable killer here is that he is so uh, relatable in so many aspects, not in every aspect, but a, a lot, you know, and right, especially as a breakdown of, of kind of yuppie culture and even beyond yuppie culture, just that corporate ladder climber culture, the um,
1: status that, seeking, mm-hmm. whatever uh, like, so yeah, such status seeking that it becomes almost bland in a way. Mm-hmm it's kind of that's kind of hard to put into words in a way like they they keep trying to you know one up you know their their peer to be the man on top and each person climbing over the next person climbing over the next person and suddenly it's just kind of like a plane of of homogenous nothing and it's garbage and uh when we we'll get to it later but there's some subtle horror things that aren't like his big murder sprees that involve that and that attitude of one-upsmanship like you like you said and stuff like that that i think is to me is, is some some of the biggest horror in the movie um but first let's let's talk about the setting dave let's talk about that 80s uh setting that they uh they're in. uh Do you feel like this is an '80s movie in setting? I think it is. Is I think it is, and I think
0: it's better than a lot of movies that claim to be an '80s setting. Really? Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Because a lot of movies that claim to be '80s go over to the top. Is that they're over the top with the neons right. and the. You know, um, leg warmers and shoulder pads and shit like that. And I, I know this. You, you kind of maybe miss some of that because this is focused on one aspect of eighties culture. But the yuppie culture uh, was very much alive in kicking in the eighties. Mm-hmm. In my like, in my junior high, there were, and I went to a Catholic junior high. Most dudes fell into one of two categories. Um, and that was heavy metal and skateboards or this kind of yuppie culture in junior fucking high <laughs> with button down shirts and you know um it's just a, a ridiculousness to you're right that the the need to always up, one up each other but you have to do it without standing too far apart yes yes um absolutely and you know it it's you still gotta it is it's very bland and boring yeah you have to fit in it's all about fitting in without and and scratching your way to the top without looking like you're trying to scratch your way to the top
1: yeah and that in that scene in that reese witherspoon scene in the car when he's trying to listen to his robert palmer tape she what what was it he said what was it she asked him I forget the question she asked him, and he's like, it's because I need to fit in.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, I mean, a good, a good portion of that uh, narcissism and just the way everybody, yeah, it's not just Patrick Bateman, but uh, Mm-mm. everybody Mm-mm. in this movie is... Uh, which,
0: which I think is part of the horrifying part yeah. is that he is, he's a psycho, and the rest of them are clearly not murdering psychopaths. But how close are they? They're all the yeah. same. They're all, yeah. you know, young white guys. Same, you know, kind of facial structure and same homogeneity. The same haircut on everybody. Yep. The, the everyone's wearing the same suit, the same colors. With the exception, they have one friend that stands out. Like he's he's banging that guy's wife, and he thinks that guy might be banging Reese Witherspoon um which clearly he doesn't care yeah. but that's the only dude that stands out and he's a little bit of a punchline throughout you know so um
2: well, well, Yeah, I, you don't you don't,
0: you don't want to stand out.
1: The well let's 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 talk about that uh to me I mean there, you have the obvious you know horror element of Patrick Bateman just being a psychopath and murdering prostitutes and you know whatever, and he has this big moment towards the end of the movie um but we are i think we're both clearly on the same page when it comes to that subtle you know element of uh, and it was kind of it was i think this was lost on me for a, a good while um back like the first time I watched this i I really wasn't into it, but like with each subsequent viewing and especially this one i i I see that the real horror is how Bateman and really everybody in the movie interact with each other and are careless about each other and these artificial emotions and nothing is real emotionally whatsoever from their, Mm -hmm. from their fucking food to their haircuts, to their clothes and their jobs and wives and girlfriends. Like none of that means anything. It's all just a symbol of their status and, and, Like, I have this girlfriend because she's better than that guy's girlfriend. And I have to be better than that guy, or what's the fucking Mm -hmm. point of this all? And, right. Like, it's all fake fucking, it's fucking bullshit. It's entertaining as fucking fuck, though. Like, it's super entertaining to watch. But to live in that one scene that,
0: yeah, one scene that really, to me, kind of points that out is when uh, Patrick Bateman. And um, Jared Leto, Paul Allen, go to the restaurant, and mm-hmm. it's empty. And they haven't taken a bite of food or anything like that, and Paul Allen is critiquing, like, there's nobody here. Because why? what's the point of eating dinner if no one sees you eating dinner? Right. And, and it's the show of everything. None of the food, not, not one thing, food that they show or they talk about, not one thing. Is appetizing,
2: yeah. Um, it's almost like uh, let's see who can name drop food. They're naming
0: dropping the food without like, what's actually good? What actually tastes good? And does anybody actually eat at any time during the movie? I'm not sure that they do.
1: I, in that intro, uh, like credits part, it shows people like you know, like using your fork to you know shovel something in. And I feel like that's, that's it. I don't think anybody eats mm-hmm. anything for the rest of the movie. <laughs> um, some,
0: some drinking, a lot of smoking, yeah. but not, Oh yeah.
1: man. Uh, listen, regrettably uh, where we are now, I'm still a smoker, unfortunately, but there, there are times and places for smoking in 2022. <laughs> I mean, goddamn! To go back to the '80s, even just to 2000, where when this was filmed, to be smoking at the dinner table is one of the grossest things. Even as a smoker, currently, that's that's a that's a bridge too far. Like you said earlier, to 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 reuse the the phrase, that is just too much now.
0: Yep. we talked about it when we did Exorcist Three, how.
1: I mean, at one point, you just smoked in the hospital. Yeah.
0: Not like in smoking areas, even. Like, you're in a hospital room, like the person's on an iron lung. Yeah. At, at, <laughs> and you're just puffing away, like,
1: I exist you want to hear this? I yeah. exist here, yeah. therefore, I can be smoking here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there seemed to be a role for an absurdly long amount of time in, in human culture, which is, God, looking back... I mean, that to me, you know, the, the leap from railroads to motor vehicles is a, is a pretty impressive leap, but from going from smoking at the dinner table and next to your cousin, the iron lung to being like, I I only smoke on outdoors and far away from, you know, from like public buildings and stuff like that's, that almost seems as, as, as big or bigger of a leap. <laughs> <laughs> so to see some of the I don't, I don't
0: smoke around children or animals
1: yeah I, I blow my smoke into my ch- my, my, ch- my, progeny's faces to build their tolerance so when they become smokers <laughs> right. like I, I, I would well, not put that past like some people back in the day you know younger people listening to the Warhouse right now are like that's not a thing listen as dumb as people are revealed to be in modern day watching the news and stuff. Rest assured back in the day, it it was worse. It just wasn't reported on. (laughs) Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. No crazy times.
1: But anyway, anyway, to get back to the, to the psychoness of it all, um, (laughs) Patrick Bateman really is kind of like our, our window into that, that, social kind of climate that status symbol that status seeking thing of it all and i think that's kind of an interesting idea you know to have the psychopath be your in you know what i mean uh to this culture and it's not that so much you should identify with him, but like he's your end to this, to this fake ass world. And he's really the only part of that world that we witness that gives any kind of realness to it. Like those moments, like you fucking ugly bitch uh, bartender, I'm going to stab you and play in your guts. And then that moment he has with the fucking um, like uh, Asian laundromat, you know, because he's getting fucking out of his mind because uh, he can't communicate with them. It's those moments of rage that only that provide some realness mm-hmm. for for Patrick Bateman that you don't get with any of the other yuppies in the movie, which makes to me anyways makes him feel more real and more identifiable oh yeah. which is <laughs> which is weird <laughs> and, that, and that's what I said
0: he, he's He is relatable in in such a way, even even in moments that you don't see yourself, you see someone, you know, in that spot.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's. He's every man. He's he's the man of his time.
0: They're all acting the same. He's just got this little secret.
1: And. uh, uh, Christian Bale, man.
0: He's a, he's a national treasure.
1: I, ugh, what, what fuck! like we, t- we have talked about a little bit of actors and, and losing sight of the actor, you know, they get, they get, they disappear into their characters. Right. Uh, I feel like Christian Bale more often than not, like does that. And I feel like he certainly does that in American Psycho. There's one moment where it, he reminds me that he's Christian Bale and that's when he's having that frantic, you know. Uh towards the end of the movie, when he's feels like the fucking cops are closing in
2: on him, the helicopters are closing on it, yeah. yeah, and he's
1: talking on the phone, and that accent slips um, and that's the only time I got pulled out a little bit um but i fuck i can I can look over a little bit of an accent like i I have a stupid fucking accent that suddenly it's like you're a little bit southern, fuck you. <laughs> Whenever, you know, I'm talking like it just it, sometimes it just got to happen. And uh, I'll, I, I can ignore that, but it's, it's kind of funny. But goddamn Christian Bale in this movie. Dave, I feel like I'm hogging all the I just got so much. I, I enjoy about this movie. <laughs> so-, so I'm
0: going to I'm going to bring up something. Turn it 180. Christian Bale lost Israel. William Defoe. Who it's almost impossible to leave William Defoe out. Every role that William Defoe paid, Willem. It's not William. It's Willem. <laughs> I think I said that earlier. So yeah. learn how to spell your fucking name. Yeah. Uh, but Willem Defoe. Every role has yes. a little bit of that Willem Defoe menace.
1: I couldn't Even help, when but he's when he's watching this, he, kind of like this movie, right? Like he's not a big character in this, but it's still mm-mm. got that Willem Dafoe right? I'm waiting for him to either give me
0: that Green Goblin smile,
2: <laughs> God or speak, to Christian go Bale. full
0: or full lighthouse, right? Any moment, right? It he's he's so kind of menacing. Do you think that's on
1: purpose, or do you think that's just kind of Willem Dafoe? I, I think it's
0: really him. I think he's a loose fucking cannon,
1: <laughs> and he's dangerous to have
0: around. And yet, at the same time, I would love to get him drunk and see what happens.
2: <laughs> what
0: Just get him fucking good and knockered and set him free have into the n-
1: world. I, I would say, have you not seen The Lighthouse? But I know you've seen The Lighthouse. That's a dangerous game you're playing. My friend. Absolutely. That's dangerous. Absolutely.
0: Society may collapse. <laughs> uh
1: you know, watching this movie, the moments where Willem Defoe is in it, it feels like he's plotting to take Patrick Bateman down to me. Yes. Yes. But he is he really doing that? Cause I in in retrospect, like he He's asking him these questions, and and Patrick Bateman is kind of tripping over himself to get out of them. And you would think of any of those moments. He's like, where were you? And he's like, I was here. He's like, well, we talked to these people. And he's like, oh, no, they were right. I just don't know what I'm saying. Like, moments like that. Like, it feels like this police officer, Willem Dafoe, would capitalize on it.
0: If he was really after someone who had done something wrong mm-hmm. but i i i got the feeling and i got it more this week when i watched this than any time i ever ever picked up on i got the feeling that willem defoe as a detective just wants to be like rub shoulders and in the group and i take it back because I think Willem Defoe does eat the food at one of the restaurants when Christian Bale takes him out and they eat. I think Willem Defoe does eat. But I think that that is a sign of Willem Defoe is actually an outsider to their group. Right. The food is not for eating, Willem. Yeah. It's for looking at and bragging about, even though you don't eat it. Like your wives and
1: girlfriends and jobs
0: <laughs> and business cards.
1: Um,. I that's that, I think you're right. I think you are right. He's looking on this world and just kind of wants to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really care about Paul Allen and this disappearance. Um, does
0: anybody? Does anybody care yeah, about anybody else?
1: Which, you know, to go back to uh what one of us said earlier about the this homogenization of of roles and actions and everything like this one-upsmanship uh in the you know story of this whole thing paul allen really is just who cares Mm -hmm. that's that's terrible that's that's that goes into my horrifying role, uh, the subtle horror elements of this movie. Like a, a man is gone and disappeared for all we know. We don't know what happened to him, but really, does it matter? Does it really matter that he's gone? Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, well, even that's fucked the up. The
0: characters that on the surface level maybe seem like they care about somebody else, or maybe seem like. They're innocent people. The hooker. The hooker watches him murder another hooker. She gets beat with a co hanger. She doesn't go to the cop. She doesn't go to
1: tell anybody. Yeah.
0: The secretary played it, which I, I didn't realize, by Chloe Savi- Savine. I do not Savini? know how
1: to say her last name.
0: I don't either, but, you know, I totally, like, didn't catch her. But she seems like okay. She should be like this innocent secretary. Uh-huh. But also, she knows Patrick Bateman is dating somebody, is engaged to Reese Witherspoon. Uh, that's and her, she's like, right?
1: That's her. I reason. should
0: go. I should go. Or uh, should I? Do you want me to go? Because exactly. she doesn't want to. Exactly. She doesn't really give a fuck. Yeah. She's saying what she thinks she's supposed to say, but she, the whole time she's hoping Patrick is like, no. Don't go, stay here. Yeah, I got. Yeah, Yeah. I'm engaged, Mm -hmm. but I don't care.
1: Let's fuck. Yeah, and then she's her status has risen, right? Just from that interaction. That if Willem Dafoe could have been in her position, he would have killed for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, Willem Dafoe's character. May I don't know, (laughs) but I could you
0: the if if we swapped actors at this time.
1: Oh, deep fake
0: it. Because it's internet. It, deep fake it. It's 2022 now. So we can have some uh, LGBTQ storylines. So deep fake them too. And I want to see William Defoe kind of in love with Patrick DeBateman going, I should leave because you, you're engaged. I, I should leave. Shouldn't I? Should I? Should I leave? Do you do you want me to stay? You said Patrick. Do you want me to stay? You said
1: Patrick Debateman. And that just gave me (laughs) like if there's a high school out there that needs a needs a team name for their debate team, right there you go. There you go. And there you go. And and maybe maybe your debate team the the teacher that's in charge of this would know what you're talking about, but probably not. Probably not. Because teachers are the man, man. They don't know. They don't know like we know, like we know and you know, right, Dave? Yeah,
0: <laughs> like the rabble know. The rabble know. Yeah, we know yeah. what we know.
2: Uh, but
0: the um the business cards. I want to talk about the business cards because yeah. it's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But it, it's it points to the same theme, the one-upmanship. But Bale pulls out his business card, and um, the
1: race. Ladder. Oh, it's.
0: Yeah, raised it's letter. Bones. That's it's off white. Bone, fellas. Yes, <laughs> which is kind of um,
1: as my mom's fitting that was for my the mom's cereal favorite color, decorative color in the late nineties till today.
0: A <laughs> uh, bone. It's is bone. there something we need to it's know about your mom?
1: It's off white. It's bone. It's decorative. It's, it's
0: eggshell egg with
1: Romalian yeah. type. <laughs> it's like um, you just don't want it quite white. I understand. <laughs> but continue.
0: <laughs> but Paul Allen's card is actually the same as Patrick Bateman's card. I think the font might be a little bit different, but it's not noticeably different. Mm-hmm. Um, even the layouts mm-hmm. of the cards kind of are the same. And it just, just, there really is actually nothing outstanding about any of the I cards. I
1: think the Ginger dude whose name. I completely forget, but the one that uh, Patrick is going to go kill at the in the bathroom and then turns oh, around yeah. and is like, "Oh, I love you too, Patrick. <laughs> yes. that's super that, when you make a psychopath feel awkward, you know you've done something, and yeah. he fucking certainly did that success. Um, I, uh,
0: Lewis Carruthers, I think that's Lewis Carruthers played by Matt Roth.
1: what a uh, ugh. I I think he may be a standout role in this movie for, for that. Just. He's almost, what was that guy who played, um, in the eighties, he was Ferris Bueller's principal. Um, so many like kind of villainy kind of like next door neighbory kind of, uh, roles that dude, what was that fucking dude's name? He was like the equivalent and he should really should have been the one to take the torch. Um, uh Jeffrey Jones Jeffrey Jones yep that uh, the guy that was in this uh whose name I don't know uh should have really been the one to pick up the torch and even maybe maybe should have been passing it probably about now but uh
2: just had that same energy I, he, and he's he's the only
0: of the male lead group that has his own thing and his own energy and And his his card was different
1: a little bit different at least the font Mm -hmm. or the color or something i forget um was a little bit different
0: um but i i liked when he comes out and bateman's got the uh bag full of paul allen (laughs) and he's like patrick where did you get that overnight bag? yeah
1: (laughs) yeah um one of the only movie like I never catch movie goofs because I don't know why maybe I'm too enraptured and like looking for fucking special effects or something. I don't know. But it like Bateman has this trail of blood from his bag. You know, once he leaves the elevator, like past the fucking, you know, Bellman out the front door, we cut to the front door and he's getting ready to get to the taxi. No blood trail. Uh, and uh, only mo- look, I, Chris ain't gonna call out movie goofs too often Because he just don't catch them <laughs> uh, But this is one I did catch And was like, hmm, whatever Because I never see him, So I fucking certainly don't care about this one But I did, I did notice uh, But I wonder what Patrick Bateman did About that blood trail Or explained away that blood trail Well,
2: so let's talk for just a minute and
0: ask the the burning question that for years has haunted me. Okay, okay. I... Did Patrick Bateman actually kill anybody? Dude. So, I I I don't think it's a I don't think it's cut and dry. I have my opinion and I, I have really mostly solidified that opinion tonight while we've been talking. Ah. Something you said Really? Me? Yes. Oh, yes. Dang, Something you said bro. triggered in my brain <laughs> that tells me, okay, this is what I'm going to hang my hat on. All right. But for years I've been tortured by this and and not
1: known for sure. I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to. I'll. I'll come back and tell you what I think. Uh, but I'm curious because I want to see if what you say alters my position. Okay.
0: So clearly he has moments of um being out of touch with reality. Right. I I'm not 100% certain when he talks to the bartender and she turns around that he's actually saying those things out loud. Right, right. Um, uh, I we don't know. We don't know. Um but when he is at the ATM machine, the ATM machine is telling him to feed at the puppy. He kills the woman at the ATM machine. Mm-hmm. He calls his friend they're coming for me and fuck you I killed Paul Allen this is you know they are I've done horrible things and um you know the next day the, the police aren't coming for him nothing's happening um, right you know even his friend uh this is not a joke anymore this you you've warned the joke then I just had Paul Allen I just had lunch with Paul Allen in London twice last week My opinion is that, yes, he has moments where he is out of touch with reality, but I think he killed Paul Allen. I think he killed Paul Allen. I think that the fact that he killed a homeless person, the fact that he killed a random woman on the street, because I do think he killed those things, it shows how callous society is. We don't care about those people.
2: Right, they didn't right.
0: mean anything. Ultimately, Paul Allen didn't mean anything. And that's what you said that made me think, huh, you know what, you're right. It's easy to say, no, he didn't kill Paul Allen because his buddy just had dinner with him at, in London. But the whole London thing was a setup. Like, he came up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, if Paul Allen was just in London somebody would have known he went to London and the the police would not be hot on anybody's trail to figure out who killed him.
1: Right. The fact
0: that the, the fact that the guy says he had dinner in London with Paul Allen, either one of two things has happened. Either one, he had lunch with somebody in London and everybody is so vapid and so self absorbed that it wasn't really Paul Allen the same way Paul Allen had dinner with Haberstam, and it wasn't really Haberstam. Uh-huh. Or this dude is so obsessed with status that he is going out of his way to lie yes. and say, I had dinner in London with Paul Allen. Yep. Yep. So that, that's my stand, is that he killed Paul Allen. I believe he killed Paul Allen. I believe he killed a hooker. I think there are some fantastical elements in there. Because the first time I watched it, and the, he's chasing the chainsaw, and he lets the girl run down the stairs, and he drops the chainsaw and just gets her perfect. Right. I, I I think that is his delusion of how the whole thing went down. But I think he
1: did kill her. I agree a million percent right now. Preach, brother. <laughs> Preach. Preach. I am so on board with what... Uh, yes. What else you got? What else you got? I'm in complete agreeance. What you're saying is completely... Uh, continue. Continue. I don't. I, continue. I, I think even the landlord. Even the landlord. At the end. At the end, landlord.
0: At, yeah, she's cleaned out Paul Allen's apartment. She's mm. had painters in there, right. and she's moved on. Right. I think it's just as simple as, okay, the check didn't come through. She doesn't give a fuck what happened to Paul Allen. She just knows the check didn't get through. I got to get the appointment ready for the next guy. Mm-hmm. It's just more of that. Not only is Christian Bateman the psychopath. Christian Bateman. So callous and so... Or Christian Bateman. I'm combining the two. Not only is... Thank you, proper 12. Not only is... Patrick, Patrick Bateman... Callous and unconcerned. Mm-hmm. Sorry, with others, society is really preoccupied with itself and unconcerned for each other. And society is just as much a psychopath as Christian Bale. He Good just maybe point, acts dude. on things. Yeah. He acts on some things, but is that really any different than our callousness? If if I go out and kill somebody, is that? That much different than me just being callous and not caring that someone else was killed.
1: Oh, that's a good fucking point, dude.
0: To a bunch of drunks, it probably is.
1: <laughs> to us, two drunks, oh, that is just, just like I just I just whacked. It the, sounds like you've the been the microphone you one have good time to really emphasize your that your boom mic a couple times. <laughs> but that's that's fucking horror we, house, man. That's what we do. Yeah, we get animated and we get passionate about what we're talking
0: about. Um if you knew how much I'm flailing my arms <laughs> around in here, man, I'm get I'm getting the CrossFit workout NY podcast podcasting.
1: You've him. turned me back around on uh like what I was thinking about this cuz I'd never really considered it before about, you know, is Patrick Bateman, you know, suffering some dissociative disorder through this whole thing? Is he imagining m- most of this movie, the murders and like what? But I I think I completely agree with everything you just said, um, which is, is funny that you know my drunk ass like helped you reach some kind of <laughs> conclusion epiphany yeah like the 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 basicness the homogenousness of Paul Allen who's you know trying to reach his own. Sp- sp- cultural status among you know above other people and then eventually that leads to his own like does it matter if he's dead really like does Mm -hmm. anything is anybody gonna miss a paul allen is ultimately uh what leads to patrick bateman getting a free ride from this Mm -hmm. um And I kind of was struggling today thinking about, uh, like, the landlord at the end. Uh, She's just like, so you read the New York Times ad for this apartment, and Patrick Bateman's like, "Um, I mean, I was here for the fucking bodies to clean them up, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, fucking ad. Mm -hmm. She's like, there was no ad. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see you again. He's like, what? All right. And I... It kind of makes no sense. It, 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 Bitch, does it matter why I'm here? Yeah. It, it, but, I th- I, but you turned me around on that point because you're like, she's trying to sell a fucking apartment in fucking midtown Manhattan, wherever the fucking bullshit big status symbol that they are with this. And even, you know, like there was that moment with uh, Patrick at the one point where he's like, he has a more expensive apartment than me. It overlooks this. You know, and you you felt that and he was like, I, so many things I'm trying to get over on this person, but this he has over on me. And it's not like mm-hmm. you could just change apartments in that neck of the woods, you know, on the drop of a dime like that. So uh, I'm sure that, that, that was a that was a thing. So I can kind of see the landlord lady just being like, Wow, I had to clean ten dead fucking dead bodies out of this room. Most of them were prostitutes, so who cares? Yeah, man. Especially, like, I mean...
2: So in a way, like, the blankness and nothingness of Paul Allen mixed with this landlord who is trying to sell this upscale apartment just kind of makes a
1: lot of sense to me right now. Like, she, you know, she wants that status, too. Maybe not the Paul Allen status, but she wants her own status. You know, climbing the fucking hill. And I think that goes into into that subtle horror thing. Even if she
2: were to... If if she were to find the dead bodies. Mm -hmm. if, If she were to see all
0: that. I almost get the feeling that maybe she wouldn't even bother to report because if I report, then the police are gonna be here, then there's right. then maybe I can't even get this fucking she, apartment rented out.
1: She would absolutely call some people below her that are maybe not legal in certain regards and mm-hmm. be like, I need you to clean this up. It it almost in my, you know, brain cannon feels in a way like maybe it's not out of the ordinary for her. Because she has real no real reaction to Patrick Bateman.
2: mm She's kind of cold. Yeah. You know.
1: um, and uh, by, you know, you kind of filling in that dot, that was the one question that was still kind of in my brain about this movie, was the landlord and that whole interaction. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like you've solved that for me. And I I agree with you. I think he absolutely, this was all... Mostly real. Like, there may have been a time or two that were, you know... Clearly, the
0: ATM was not... Clearly, the ATM was not talking to him. Clearly, like, the police were not closing in, and the helicopters were not closing in on him.
1: Big, but old um, panic attack. Big old... (laughs) You know, come on. Uh, Which,
0: uh, I mean, maybe that makes him even more relatable. Like,
1: who hasn't? I Yeah.
0: So... I had a meeting this week, a Zoom meeting with the
2: leadership from the state um, Department of Health uh, clinical team. Um I killed it by
0: the way. I You killed I, them? I didn't kill oh, them. I didn't oh, kill them. Oh, okay, sorry. I killed the meeting. I, I did great. I did great. <laughs> and I knew I would. I'm 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 pretty cocky Your guy about a lot of tough, those things. Bro. But uh that's why I told them I was like they're like, how do you handle this? I was like, bitch, I'm professional <laughs> as fuck. And they were like, okay, right? What? Um, L- Little John is on the uh, Indiana State Department of <laughs> Health um, leadership team, so he's like, what?
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, the night before, I didn't sleep, and I'm pretty cocky guy. I'm a pretty cocky guy. I'm a pretty confident guy. Like I. No, I got shit handled. Mm-hmm. I I do what I got to do. Right. And um, and, but I I didn't sleep. I, there was that anxiety the night before of, fuck, am I gonna bomb this? You know, everyone's coming. The imposter syndrome, which right. is a real oh, thing, yeah. especially in yuppie culture. You oh, know. Yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter. I could be at the tippy top, and I'm worried that, you know, somebody's gonna find out I'm a fraud. Like, I... how did you win all them?
1: NBA championships, Michael Jordan. You're not a really good basketball player, and he's like, "Oh, you found me out." Right. I think that it's a very human thing as imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. so, and it is ubiquitous. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I can I can see that as a big part of uh, that status seeking kind of mm-hmm. thing in this movie. Uh, but continue, continue. I I don't know that
2: I
0: have much more to to go on from that, but it yeah, and I think the the more we talk, the more it's just solidified in my in my head. So I I would love to hear. I w- I was kind of hoping we would be on opposite sides here, so we would have more debate. Um, because there is the obvious times of of
2: hallucination or of uh, that break from reality, right? But it. I feel like that's too easy.
1: I feel like that's too easy in this instance. Because uh, we have so much that's that just shows the. Just the social interactions he has with other people that. Are garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. It, 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 we could get into talking about, is he, is he actually Patrick Bateman? Which was a thing I was, I thought for a second, like there, there's moments where it's like, is he actually Paul Allen or is he a, even different than both of them? Because like even his, um, who was the person he Paul Allen thought he was? He was
0: Haberstan. Yeah.
1: Like, is he actually that guy and is so dissociative? His his disorder is so extreme, like he is seeing all this, but I don't I don't think that that's really the case. Um, I think that's getting too heady. That's getting kind of trying. It's trying to go into the deep waters without it. I I don't know. I I, I, there is a book which I did not read. Uh, I probably won't read (laughs) unless unless somebody in the horror house in the rabble is like Chris Dave. Brothers, horror brothers. You need to read this book to get the full skinny. Then I would check it out, and you know, I would I would see where we stand. But I I feel like uh with what we said here tonight, um the back and forth, I feel like we've I, you've solidified it for me. Um,
2: I want. Um, I I'm trying to. I can't think of the
0: name of the movie, but I'm trying to I'm trying to Google some shit and find it right now. But it was um oh shit. It was in the two thousands and it was
1: American Psycho Two with uh, Mia Kunich.
0: N- no. Have you no, have not...
1: you watched that before we
0: I, I have. It's <laughs> it garbage because it's I not...
1: refuse to watch it because I like this movie too much and I just feel like it's a cash in. I don't feel like it has anything to do with this. Just it, judging it from the cover of it.
2: It it
0: does not have anything to do with this. It doesn't even have the same is she Patricia tone. woman. No. Uh, it's it's a the only thing it has in common with that this is that it's Maybe a delusional, or maybe not a delusional s- psychopath okay. who, <laughs> you know, is kind of undercover, under the radar, no one suggests. But it's otherwise, it's pretty straightforward slasher. Um It's not got the psychological stuff for right, that. Right.
2: Um, let me. See. I'm trying to Google this. Goddamn shit. Find a man.
1: Find it. Clickety clickety click click crack. Um the uh i will go back uh for a moment uh while you're searching for that to comment on the you know the taking place in the 80s uh, kind of counter to what you said to me the 80s feel like they only serve a, uh to set up that yuppie culture that yuppie background um we have the music of course um but that feels like the in for it. Like there's a couple characters, a handful of characters that have the, you know, that iconic, that ham fisted in a way, you know, big hair, like leg warmers, big makeup, big, you know, but to me, it doesn't feel like a big period movie. Like the, the, the car's, like it doesn't who cares the newspapers on the The cell phone is huge yeah like it doesn't the setting so much to me is just kind of like an afterthought um and really i feel like you could have a patrick bateman easily in whatever era you just decided to so that i I agree the the 80s just kind of happened to be the flavor of that time, um, which is good flavor. I'm I ain't hating, but it just doesn't feel like a, a period piece to me. Um, but
0: it, it is actually what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about that. If, if you, cause you asked me if I thought this was actually an eighties movie or an eighties set, right, you know, right. how accurate the setting was. And I don't think you ever answered your own
1: question. I mean, I mean, just to be 10 years. Uh, away from the 80s you would think like certain things like that but even then like from 2000 forward like a lot of that just doesn't even as early as that was to the 80s as short of a distance I don't know what I'm saying it just exaggerates it and I, which is a uh, uh, something that's kind of interesting to me is you know to look back now i mean we we're in 2022 right now when we're recording to look back 20 years, I don't see something stylistically that fits like it would look like looking in the nineties back to the seventies, you know, like it's, Oh, it's bell bottoms and you know, blah, blah, whatever fucking bullshit, you know, now I, I think that gap is getting bigger and bigger. Um, right, uh, weird, weird, maybe a weird time to bring it up, but yeah, I don't know that that applies as much as it did then. Like, I think decades in the cultural sense, um, well, are getting, I think, wider 70s, 80s,
0: 90s. Yeah, they they have, but especially the 80s, still, they there's a al, almost, uh, Longing or nostalgia for that '80s time period, still
1: right now. Still, Stranger Things, right? Like, I mean, that's a fucking phenomenon. And just, I mean, that which is fun. I feel like for us old asses to watch because it brings, like, beyond that Steven Spielbergness of it all. Kind of, um, we get that touch of '80s vibe. And I was, I was Mm -hmm. very young in the '80s. But still, I I kind of long for that. Um, mm-hmm. Heavy metal till I die. Yeah, and <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, if, uh, we get a little bit of that. Uh, Batman is touching on the nineties, right? Like the Batman with Robert Pattinson with the the Nirvana, the the music the, alone. You... Yeah, I mean, the vibe of it all is not really nineties, but. Certainly, bringing music I, uh, is a thing.
0: I, I've just got to tell you, uh, I told you pre-show tonight that I had Jackie sit down and we watched the um, the business card right. scene, right. and we watched the murder of Paul Allen scene, and that was the all we watched. And I was talking about Christian Bale when I was. Rewinding or fast forwarding to those scenes I was talking to Jackie And I was talking about Christian Bale And I made the mistake Mm -hmm. I made the mistake Of calling Christian Bale Her Batman
1: Her Batman
0: And yes her Batman And she gave me the look And I was like If Christian Bale is not your Batman Who is your Batman Mm -hmm. And she told me Robert Pattinson
1: Intriguing
0: um uh, yeah very very interesting because she i feel like should have been i i know she kind of wasn't into this the superhero thing and they're kind of darker superhero movies right you yeah. know so so when she's young you know young people kind of gravitate to more of the colorful light-hearted stuff right. so the christian bale trilogy was is kind of dark yeah and, <laughs> i mean it's called the dark knight so so she didn't identify that. She identified Robert Pattinson as as her Batman. Yeah. Where not Ben know, Affleck? I,
1: not... George yeah. Clooney
0: <laughs> I, is George Clooney any? I prob- I, I do
1: believe I, I can't. There imagine are, I do believe
0: he is. I took a poll, Chris. I took a poll of everybody in America, and there were two people who said that George Clooney was their Batman. And one of them was George Clooney, <laughs> and the other one was Julie Roberts. It just seemed very natural. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, two beautiful people. Fuck okay, off. Okay, quick, but quick question:
1: Who's your Batman, Dave?
0: If you had to pick one, that is a tough it question. Uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is my. I. Kid. You know what? But it's it's really hard for me not to say Adam West. Uh, not because I grew up with that. I'm not a '60s kid. I'm not a '60s kid. I, I, and I really didn't get into that whole hippie aesthetic a whole lot. I, I smoked a lot of weed, but I didn't get into that hippie aesthetic.
1: I don't know that you need to be in that hippie aesthetic to appreciate Adam West Batman. As a young kid, like I, there wasn't a whole lot of superhero offerings to be had. Mm-hmm. Other True. Other than like big motion pictures, like Michael Keaton's, you know, like the like '89 mm-hmm. Batman and. You know, the Christopher Reeve Superman. Uh, so all you really had was Lou Ferrigno Hulk or Adam West Batman. And I was... Love, love. I was absolutely on board with Adam West Batman. I still am uh, to a degree. And it's cool to see them get a comic series from that, the Batman uh, mm. 60... I want to say 69, but I don't know that that's right. It's probably not right. I, I think it might um, be. I don't know. It's good. But, good enough. Anytime you can.
0: 69.
2: Um,
1: I got to say, though, I, Christian Bale is my Batman. He is my Bruce Wayne. Um,
2: okay.
1: okay. We've talked about spoilers and stuff before. Batman, one of the worst experiences I ever had in the theater was the Dark Knight. Like, it was the fucking heat of the summer, and their air conditioner was broken, so they left the fucking door open to the theater, so light was shining in through the door onto the fucking side of the fucking, yeah. It fucking sucked. My wife, me and my wife both fucking did not have a good time. Um, My wife? But then The Dark Knight Rises a, c- uh, a couple years later, you know, I'm reading spoilers because I'm, I had such a bad time with The Dark Knight that I was like, I don't give a, I don't, don't give a shit. <laughs> give me your spoilers, internet. Um, and read the spoilers. I was like, Limp, I'm in fucking intrigued. let me go watch this. I went and watched it and I don't give a fuck what anybody says, Dave. It is my mm-hmm. favorite Batman movie. I don't give a fuck mm-hmm. what anybody says. Okay. Dark Knight Rises like it's got it's got its cheese. It's kind of like the encapsulation of of all things Batman. It's got its cheesiness, it's got its mm. grittiness. Uh it's got its unbelievableness. Whatever. I don't I, it's to me, it just is everything. The, the, Batman.
0: I the twist is good. It's like the fucking the, fun. The daughter of Ra's Al yeah. yeah, yeah, I like fucking it. Fucking
1: bang, Tom Hardy. Give me a break. Anybody that that has a problem with Dark Knight Rises, Batman, come talk to me. Could, I will can smack you imagine if Heath Ledger I just hadn't smacked my mic, Dave. I I I channeled you so hard. Tur- I fucking turn turn about his fair play. I smacked the shit out can of Can you
0: it. imagine if Woo. Heath Ledger hadn't died and he made an appearance in in the the final Christian Bale?
1: I had a weird thought watching this
2: related to that. What if Okay. Christian Bale had been the Joker.
1: Nah. Ooh. It's a it's a little bit fucking heady, right? Like it's Yeah. I yeah. feel like in a certain headspace it works and I'm trying to think of a You of gotta find a the Batman role against that though, which is the problem.
0: Well, I'm I'm trying to think of a Christian Bale role that really cut loose with the chaos. Um But I mean you know, the way he yelled at the lighting guy, you know, it's right, fucking right,
1: distracting. Go. It's one of my favorite fucking. <laughs>
0: oh, uh, so let's get to our ratings. Wow. Let's get to our ratings. Wow. List.
1: We have wow. went.
0: Uh, be- I, I want to backtrack this one oh, second. For Chris. It, for um, the movie I was trying to think of came out one year before this, and it was the talented Mr. Ripley I've, with Matt Damon. Have you I've seen never,
1: this? I know of it. I don't know of like the culture around it vaguely, but okay. I mean, I was okay. I was there, it's... but it just I've never watched it, and I just kind of know. It's like oh, Matt Damon. I don't yep. know really. Matt about Matt
2: Damon,
0: it. Gwyneth Paltrow, Jude Law. It's it's not it's not got enough to really be horror. Mm. It's it's a drama, but there is murder and intrigue, and okay, it very much. Uh, surely, I'm not spoiling a movie from 1999 <laughs> that's t- 23 fucking years old.
2: You're not. You're not.
0: You go through the movie, Mr. Ripley, the the, the talented Mr. Ripley, aka Matt Damon, as uh, in the movie, he steals a Harvard Leatherman jacket to play piano, and then he gets spotted by this millionaire playboy guy and kind of sucked into that world. And he's so he's playing this part of. Tom Ripley, Harvard grad, but um, the millionaire kind of gets bored from him, so he basically has to off Dickie Greenleaf, that's Jude Law, he has to off him and kind of assume his role Mm. in a way that like, the people back home sending money over to their spoiled brat billionaire son don't know he's gone so that the money can keep flowing. Then... Hmm. The the question is is he even Mr. Ripley? Cuz like he maybe he's not even Mr. Ripley. Maybe right. this is not the first time he's had to kill somebody and impersonate somebody. Right. So it it's just it's really kind of deep. Do you um, think that
1: would be a good double feature with this?
0: I I absolutely do. And I it intriguing. I didn't come to that conclusion till um rec- recently, so intriguing. I have to think um I have to thank Conor McGregor for that. So. Part owner of the uh Proper 12.
1: Proper 12. So. That was my Conor McGregor.
0: Yeah. That was fucking phenomenal, dude. <laughs> if I tried to do Conor McGregor, he would he would kill both of us. It would come off as the it would come off as the lucky charms guy. <laughs> That's basically the only impersonation so I got.
1: Before he kills both of us. Let's get to our overalls on and American Psycho, Dave. I'm throwing it to you. Uh, give us your overalls and your and your final rating. I,
0: I've got my rating down. Um, going into this week, be, having not watched American Psycho in a minute, my rating would have been different. But when I watched it this week, I couldn't stop watching it. I was mesmerized. Um. So I, I it is got a good rating. And um it's got for the ladies, Chris. We didn't we didn't pull it for the ladies here. Um we always call out when there's boobies and there are a little bit of boobies in this, a little bit of sexy time in this, but Christian Bale is buff, uh doing exercises in his uh skivvies. Um so it's got that for the ladies. Good job, ladies. Congratulations, you got a movie you like and I really like this movie a lot better than I remembered liking this movie. So I gave it an eight.
1: Okay. All right. An eight from Dave. Part of the paint. I love it. I love it. Um, so for me, um, like like you said, this is a movie. I feel like every time that I've watched it since the original, it's gotten better every time. Like the first time I watched it, not long after it had released on home video, um, I wasn't that big on it the first time I watched it. And I think with a title like American Psycho, I was expecting something it wasn't. Um, and like each, each viewing since then, that's not been such a th- hurdle and so as time has went on, like each subsequent viewing has gotten away from that. And it's become more enjoyable for what I want to think it is. Um, maybe, maybe, you know, the fact that me and Dave were so close and like helped each other um, come to conclusions on certain plot points. I, I I, feel like we're there. If the author of American Psycho wants to come on the show. Uh, we'll absolutely talk to them.
0: <laughs> I don't who, who the hell is that? uh writer? I, Brett Easton Ellis wrote the novel. Um, uh, Mary Heron and Guinevere Turner yeah. wrote the screenplay. And I think Guinevere Turner is in the movie. She plays Elizabeth.
1: Okay. Okay. If, if any of you want to come on the show and defend your point, uh, come email us. Uh, real quick, uh, before I give my, actually, uh, let me give my points and then we'll, we'll tell you how you can contact us. Um, I, Dave, this is a, this is a yeah. rare occurrence. It only happens a few times a season. I think I'm going to go a little above you. 8.5. Oh, 5. what? 8.5. I oh, cow. I Chris, was, I'm, go- I was a, I'm going to drink to that. I was a Christian to to Bale pubic hair away from a nine. No okay. bullshit. Uh any other day I may have gave it a nine. I may have.
0: Um if you were cubicare away, then it makes sense that you didn't go with it because I'm pretty sure Patrick Bateman probably shaves his uh, cube.
1: The, the the um the tanning booth scene shows that he does not. Oh, uh, I did. I... Really? Okay. I was very <laughs> infatuated with his abs and like that that lower ab region. He's buff, he buff as fuck, has man. Vas- vascularity on his pubis, like he is so fucking fit <laughs> fuck. that his lower abs have veins. How insane! Did is this that?
0: is this movie the reason why he got Batman? I I very possibly he has a and his character. Oh, conspiracy theory time, dumb. Chris. His character's
2: name is Patrick Bats. Oh man! Yeah,
1: Christopher Nolan was unoriginal, huh? <laughs> Nolan, if you want to come on here and speak your speak your truth, Dave, tell him where he can hit us up at. <laughs> uh,
0: Mister Nolan, sir, uh, you can hit us on the tweets at. Sue-wee. Sweetness1 with six E's and sweet, or at
1: Horror House 2. You can email us, horrorhousepodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the Horror House page on Facebook.
0: Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. Maybe you want to ask, what the hell is sweetness? Where'd you get that? Maybe you want to ask what we thought about a movie, or why we have good such good taste, yeah, or why we yeah. have such poor taste. You can leave us a voicemail. We're going to put you on the air unless you specifically tell us not to. And maybe, fuck it, we'll do it anyway. First show. Uh,
1: Anchor.fm forward slash horror house. And finally, Christopher Nolan, and everybody still listening right now, give us a rating, man. You help expose us to a wider audience. And it warms our, the cockles of our heart to see that you have gave us a star from one from a half of one to to five. We we love them all. They're,
0: we, they're great. We want all the stars, but we'll take uh any stars that you deem uh appropriate.
1: Yeah. Um, but there there's uh the whole whorehouse boys' view on American Psycho for this week. Um we uh we'll 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 see where we arrive this time in 7 days uh for for your next entry into the horror house it could be anything
0: i i i believe looking at the calendar that this will probably come out right after halloween shortly after halloween so uh i got a challenge out there for the rabble please let us know what your favorite new release of the halloween season oh. is and when i say halloween season like i love halloween so halloween season is like Mid-August to Thanksgiving is really Halloween season. That's fair. That's fair. So let us know what your favorite Halloween uh, or your favorite um, new release, a horror movie is, and why it's not Halloween uh, in. What? It, Chris,
1: are you, are you?
0: It's the movie. Listen. It's the movie I'm least looking forward to. Oh, you're ju- Out of everything
1: banking, that's coming out. Are you banking? Are you doing like a bank shot? You're like, it's not going to make it, so I'm going to get the rebound. I don't, I just, uh, I got out of all the upcoming I releases, don't know, man. it's what I'm least I looking agree. forward to. I, com- I agree completely. But I am, like, oh. I, before we started the show, I was saying, uh, I don't know how to make my Twitter account uh, a Jamie Clayton Stan account. But based off the Hellraiser images that they're releasing right now, I am... Prepared to do that and willing and able. Just tell me what I got to do, Jamie Clayton. You, I, I, step on me. Step on
0: me. Uh, The makeup looks amazing. next fucking level. Uh, I am there for it. Yeah. uh, If there is, if the story is any quality at all and the in-film effects are any quality at all, this is going to be gangbusters. It might be the best thing of the of the Halloween so season. So I
1: don't know what our release schedule is compared to this American Psycho episode. So potentially our Hellraiser episode is coming out before this. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: But even if it does, hopefully our excitement, at least, I mean, I'm super excited. I feel like you're super excited. I am sending you... A text messages being like look at this picture um hopefully it, if you haven't watched it yet people please
0: go see barbarian right chris you got to see Don't fucking barbarian Don't i can't believe we haven't I, even talked I, about I, this i
1: want nothing i want nothing i want to go in this, so cold i want to go in so cold you have to yeah. you this have to. to be the order you have to today.
0: go see barbarian and they have to go in cold it's so fucking hard i i i
1: tweeted directly at justin long
0: <laughs> it's so fucking uh it it's insane. We're going to have a
1: catch up episode um hang with the horror house boys here uh very soon uh and i'm we will be talking about uh barbarian we'll be talking about a lot of things some more hellraiser stuff so, um um so some we'll talking uh, halloween Clint horror Nights. face
0: We'll be talking to some Halloween horror nights, Halloween
1: horror nights, which you are going to very soon, as of this episode. So stick around. We're gonna
0: be we're gonna talk. Um, I want to shout out uh, Jeff Whitmer and Two Sleeps Music. I want to talk about some of his stuff and some of the he's working on a, a album called Stabby Road LP. Ooh, good um, name. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm super excited. If you haven't seen the video, uh, the YouTube video out. Or um, um, tribute to the Darcy the male girl, um, you're missing what? out.
1: Darcy, she ain't no Jamie Clayton. Mm-hmm. She ain't no Jamie Clayton. I mean, listen, I only I only want one 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 lady to stab me in the face. Right. At- we're
0: we're, we're going to. <laughs> it's only fair. Uh, we we did an episode about it's a stand um, account, man. It's um, a stand um, account.
1: I'm a stand account. My
0: girlfriend. We did. We did my so girlfriend where in uh, Alyssa uh Alanya M- Mentraub. I'm not even saying my girlfriend's uh, you, name uh, right because I'm probably feel I'm feeling really good from this 12. We are sauced.
1: We um, well I, I will I will go on record and say Jamie Clayton is my new girlfriend. So we've new girlfriends mm. in the horror oh, house. Yeah. So uh hopefully she's okay yeah. with that. If not, she can beat me up. Totally cool with that. <laughs> um, but until uh, next y- time. Uh us whorehouse boys bid you a, a fond adieu. Uh hopefully uh you're as into American psycho as we were. I am I, I, I am super happy that we both liked this movie as much. It's really exciting to me that uh we influenced each other's opinion in this in some kind of small way. I think that's oh, fucking super it's cool.
0: it's a, it's amazing. Is there anything better than um a little uh, relaxation aid, and just discussing horror movies with with fellow fans.
1: Nothing so. better. Nothing better except boobies. Except boobies.
0: Boobies are boobies are up there. So if we can combine the two, that's always. <laughs> that's good. why we love
1: horror. If movies. we can combine the it's, two, with... it's just the perfect. It's just. Until next time, horror fans. Uh, we'll see you next time. Same Same uh, murder spree, different murder method. I was going to say murder weapon, but I,
0: yeah, yeah, I think think that's